The Adams Archive. Hello, you beautiful people, and welcome to The Adams Archive. My name is Austin Adams, and thank you so much for listening today. On today's episode, we are going to catch you up to speed with all of the wildest things that have been happening over the last week or so, including Donald Trump receiving a letter from Biden's Department of Justice saying that they will arrest and indict him over January 6th. This will be the third simultaneous, like there's three different legal cases happening to him at the same exact time. And I think at this point, it's quite obvious what's going on, and I will talk about that. Trump also did a town hall meeting last night with Fox News and Hannity, which we will go over some of the clips from his Truth Social, along with his response to this, this letter that he received. Then, oh, but the first thing we're going to do is start your morning with a little treat. So you'll hear, you'll hear that. And I say morning because that's when I'm, I'm doing this. Anyways. Then we will go into some of the other candidates who are for the Republican Party. So, you know, Vivek Goswami, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, <laughs> who I believe is a serious contender or at least should be. And I have a pretty wild clip of him at a meeting where somebody storms in and starts yelling stuff. And the way that he de-escalates the situation is just a masterclass on how to public speak and how to bring people together. So I will show you that. Then we will head over to the next topic, which is going to be a biotech company out of Silicon Valley, which is claiming that they are going to be able to create babies out of nothing, out of nothing, no mom, no dad. And we will talk about the horrifying implications of that. That is what we're going to cover. So stick around. First thing I need you to do is hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star review. All right. I would appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Leave a five-star review, then head over to the Substack, austinadams.substack.com. And I'm starting to be more active on Twitter. Twitter released, and I think I talked about this last episode, a creator's fund that I think is pretty awesome. They're paying people pretty legitimate money. So that would be an awesome addition to the podcast. So go head over to the Austin J Adams on Twitter and follow me there and everywhere else. Thank you guys so much for listening and let's jump into it. The Adams Archive. The very first topic that we're going to discover today, like I said, start your day the right way with some good American music, which comes from Jason Aldean, which has been a pretty controversial song for some reason to say that you shouldn't riot and loot and light things on fire. And if you did that in a small town instead of the city like Seattle, that you would get met with just as much force from the individuals in that town. So pretty cool platform, pretty cool song. Let's go ahead and read this article, then we'll actually listen to it, and I'll give you my reaction. It says, and this comes from the post-millennial, legendary country singer Jason Aldean has defended himself against accusations of promoting lynching and racism following the removal of the music video from his song, Try That in a Small Town from CMT. So country music television, country music television, you know, country music being the only thing that Republicans and the, G, you know, the right side of the political spectrum seem to have any say in culture with pulled this video because of 
apparently he mentions lynching, which he doesn't at all. And apparently he's racist for this, saying that you shouldn't root and uh, root loot and riot. Well, what I think is racist is that you inherently think that him saying that people shouldn't riot or loot has to do with a certain race. Why would you say that? That's the most racist thing out of all of this. So Aldean tweeted, in the past 24 hours, I've been accused of releasing a pro-lynching song, a song that has been out since May, and was subject to the comparison that I, direct quote, was not too pleased with the nationwide Black Lives Matter protests. These references are not only meritless, but dangerous. There's not a single lyric in the song that references race or points to it. And there isn't a single video clip that isn't real news footage. And while I can try and respect others to have their own interpretation of a song with music, this goes too far. As so many have pointed out, I was present at Route 91 where many lives were lost and our community recently suffered another heartbreaking tragedy. No one, including me, wants to continue to see senseless headlines or families ripped apart. Try that in a small town for me refers to the feeling of a community that I had grown up in, where we took, our, we took care of our neighbors regardless of differences of, or backgrounds or belief, because they were our neighbors, and that was above any differences. My political views have never been something I've hidden from, and I know that a lot of us in this country don't agree on how we get back to a sense of normalcy, where we go at least a day without a headline that keeps us up all night. But the desire for it, too, but the desire for it too, that's what this song is about. Pretty crazy. So that was the tweet from Jason Aldean regarding this song. It says, Aldean expressed his disappointment over the smears considering the fact that, he had, that the track had been available since May. The lyrics of his song's first verse include lines such as, sucker punch somebody on the sidewalk, carjack an old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think that it's cool. We'll act a fool if you like. Aldean continues, and we'll listen to it right now and in the background of all of this is just the news clips and still just more news footage again nothing inherently racist about this the old uh, i will reiterate my point the only thing racist about this is that the people who are saying that he's racist for doing this and majority of the people at all of these protests were white, at least in the videos that he's showing. So what does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with race? What does that have to do with lynching? Uh, <laughs> so one of the clips, which I love, is there's a guy who comes in to rob a liquor store and there's this big old country dude sitting at the door and he just swings on him <laughs> and stops this robbery from happening. And the guy was allegedly... The guy in that video was a Marine, an ex-Marine veteran, and just like drops the guy, goes to grab the gun from him, gets the gun pointed at him. Big old country dude. And just swings on him. <laughs> what a great clip to perfectly show exactly what Jason Aldean is talking about, right? You get these people who were raised differently, right? They weren't raised in the city where there's, you know, you get to go walk down the street and act a fool without the police interjecting or where people don't care about where they grew up or they don't have pride in the stores that are around them, right? It's a little bit different in the small town. And he's right. He's absolutely right. All right. That's all I'll play for you. Sorry for interjecting, but I have to because of fair use laws. <laughs> so, couldn't just play the whole thing through there. So at least it'll give me a chance to 
hit back at YouTube. So by the way, I now have all of the software and the hardware to be able to get everything back up on YouTube. So the video is up on YouTube right now. Go look at it and you can watch the video with me. You can see my reaction to this video and you can follow along with the video on the screen again. So there was about six months there where my computer died out on me, had to buy a brand new MacBook again. And then, so I went back to my old one and I couldn't use the software that allows me to do everything that looks awesome. So go to YouTube, the Adams archive, follow me there. You can watch and read the articles with me. I'll put them up on the screen. You'll be able to watch that music video with me for the future. As long as this one stays with me, which will knock on wood. All right. So the next article that we're going to look at here is going to be that Trump received a target letter from Biden's department of justice saying that they will arrest and indict him over January 6th, you know, the thing that happened, I don't know, two and a half years ago. And again, this will be the three simultaneous legal proceedings against Trump at the same time. We have the Stormy Daniels case, you know, the prostitute that allegedly a lawyer paid off through funds that were siphoned through some weird way that they're trying to get him for no reason. Then you have the, the Stormy Daniels case. Then you have the the secret documents that were at Mar-a-Lago that the FBI raided his house over. You know, the same FBI who, while simultaneously going after Trump, were also covering up for Joe Biden, right? Making sure that Joe Biden did not have to answer for his bio labs in Ukraine that his son peddled his influence to. The same FBI who covered the tracks of the cocaine debacle where, you know, I wonder how many meth heads or crackheads there were in the White House at any given time. And, you know, how many of them had the last name Biden, which they now dropped the case for, which I just can't imagine why. Pretty wild stuff. So the FBI is actively covering up for one president and simultaneously going after the previous president, which again has never happened in history. Besides literally Watergate and the preceding president, or the president after, pardoned him, even though they were on opposite sides of the political spectrum. So never happened. So let's go ahead and read this article and see what they have to say about it. This says, Trump receives a target letter from Biden's Department of Justice, which says that they will arrest and indict him over January 6th. It says Trump released a statement on Monday saying that he was notified on Sunday that the Biden's Department of Justice considers him a target of the January 6th grand jury. Um, we'll go ahead and read Trump's response here, but it says prosecutor Jack Smith is already prosecuting Trump for what the Department of Justice now claims is obstruction of justice after claiming that Trump interfered with documents in his possession that were under a Department of Justice subpoena. Trump asserts fully that any documents that remained in his possession after his term as president were rightfully in his possession per the Presidential Records Act, which states that a president can determine for themselves what documents are personally theirs and what should go to the National Archives. Trump also faces prosecution in New York on charges that he falsified business records, which is the Stormy Daniels case. The Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, has charged Trump with felony counts of this usually misdemeanor charge. Bragg, that there was a secondary crime in which Trump was planning to engage after, after the alleged records falsification. Bragg has refused to disclose what the second alleged crime is. Imagine that. 
So again, being completely and utterly weaponized against a sitting or a former president just three years ago, the FBI answered to Donald Trump, and now they're actively going after him. The Department of Justice is actively going after him, simultaneously covering up for this man who can't even hold his head up, which we'll see in just a second when we watch uh, some of the clips that were from the town hall and what Donald Trump posted on his truth. But first, let's go ahead and read through Trump's response to this and see what Trump has to say about this. And it says, Donald Trump says, wow, on Sunday night, while I was with my family, having just arrived from turning point event in Florida, where I won the straw poll against the other Republican candidates with 85.7%, with all polls showing me leading in the Republican party by a very substantial number, almost everyone predicting that I would be the Republican nominee for president, and as I am leading Democrat Joe Biden in the polls by a lot. Horrifying news for our country has been given to me by our by my attorneys. Deranged Jack Smith, the prosecutor with Joe Biden's Department of Justice, sent a letter, again, it was Sunday night, stating that I am a target of the January 6th grand jury investigation and giving me a very short four days to, re to report to the grand jury, which almost always means an arrest and indictment. So now, Joe Biden's attorney general, Merrick Garland, who I turned down for the United States Supreme Court, in retrospect, based on his corrupt and unethical actions, a very wise decision by me, he says, <laughs> together with Joe Biden's Department of Justice, or injustice, he says, have effectively issued a third indictment in arrest of Joe Biden's number one political opponent. Which is crazy. If we heard about this going on in Russia, like if there was an upcoming Russia election and Vladimir Putin was just had the KGB running through this person's house and finding anything and everything that they can do to put him under the judicial system and try to throw him in jail, we would think that's a, that sounds like a third world country, but it's not. It's in the United States. And it's happening right now before our eyes and nobody's doing anything about it. Nobody's protesting. Nobody's, you know, lighting cars on fire, right? Because the violent side of the political spectrum is the left, as Jason Aldean just beautifully showed us. So it's together, who is largely down, nothing like this has ever happened in our country before, or even close. They illegally spied on my campaign, attacked me with a totally fake dossier that was funded by Hillary Clinton's campaign at the DNC, impeached me twice, I won, he said. They failed on the Mueller witch hunt, no collusion. They failed on the Russia hoax, the 51 intelligence agents fraud, the FBI Twitter files, the Department of Justice Facebook censorship, and every other scam imaginable. But on top of that, they have now effectively indicted me three times. The Department of Justice staffed and runs the DA's office in Manhattan with a probable forthcoming in Atlanta, where the Department of Justice are in strict and possible legal coordination with the district attorney, whose record on murder and other violent crime is abysmal. This witch hunt is all about election interference and a complete and total political weaponization of law enforcement, Donald Trump says. It is very sad and dark period. For our nation. And I don't disagree. I, I think that we are completely understating as a society the implications of this. When we have a when we have a system that allows somebody to actively weaponize every single every single security force, every single portion of the Department of Justice that can be weaponized is being weaponized against Donald Trump consistently on a daily basis. They're scrubbing everything to see what they can do actively while we are coming up on an election in, what, 16 months, whatever it is. Pretty wild. And again, it just seems like a third world country to me. There's no reason that we should be 
we should be seeing this. Free this free and fair elections. This is not a fair election. Donald Trump went on to tweet, witch hunt. Crooked Joe Biden and his injustice department want to indict and arrest his presumed political opponent, who is leading him in the polls in the second upcoming presidential election of 2024. Such a thing has never happened in our country before. And in the middle of the campaign, election interference and prosecutorial misconduct. Again, I don't disagree. And then Donald Trump went on to have a political town hall with Sean Hannity last night. And here are some of the clips. However, not before having a discussion or a truth that he posted of a video. So Donald Trump posted a video of Joe Biden seemingly falling asleep in a political discussion to absolutely no one's surprise. And here is the clip. Let's go ahead and listen in. Yes. What? We brought. Now, this is the. <laughs> this is the Israeli president. And this president sits there and is looking at Joe Biden and then looks at the camera. And probably, presumably, somebody behind the camera, like, is this guy about to die? <laughs> The look on his face, and then he, you know, we, we, we brought together the pol political opponents of Palestine and and Aqua. And excuse me, sir, I speak English better than you, and it's like for many people that Joe's talking with, not their first language. And these, you know, the president of his of Israel. The Israeli president is sitting in front of him, looking at the people behind him, wondering if he's about to die or fall asleep. <laughs> right before his eyes. And so Donald Trump says, what? Transcript, please. What the hell did this man just say? All right. The next video that comes up within the the videos from the town hall. Here we go again. It says it's election interference. And this has to do with what we just discussed. Again, this is up on the YouTube so you can watch along. And here we go. That's where this rally was going on or this town hall. All right. So there's your first clip. Now, the next one that we'll watch is coming out of the same town hall. And it says, make America great again. That's never been more, there's never been more spirit than we have right now. And finally, there's one more that says America first. Now this whole town hall should be, it was very likely on their, their YouTube by now, it was replayed. It was on at nine o'clock at night and then they replayed it at 2 a.m. Here's the last clip that he posted from it. All right, so here's my thoughts on the upcoming election. I, there's... Now, obviously, Donald Trump is the front runner of the Republican Party. I respect that. Voted for Donald Trump two times. And however, and I do believe he'll be the front runner of the Republican Party. But there are some legitimate candidates on both sides that I believe are far more unifying, right? I, I agree with Donald Trump on most of almost all of his policies, right? I, I, 
when you look down on the sheet of paper and you look at the things that he believes and what he wants to push and what he's done, especially one of the favorite, my favorite things that he did, one of the most impactful things that he did that we're seeing the effects of still and we'll see the effects of for a very long time is the Supreme Court picking, I believe, two of the candidates for the Supreme Court now, and they're making these landmark decisions they're overturning Roe v. Wade, overturning affirmative action, overturning all of these non-constitutional things that have been pushed through through legislation and have never been challenged in this way, have gone to the Supreme Court and had decisions overturned. Now, the problem that I have with the Trump campaign, the problem that I have with Donald Trump being president is not his policies, which again is maybe the wrong way to look at it, but you have to understand the president of the United States is a figurehead almost as much as the king and queen of England, right? It is, it is a celebrity position. It is the, which is what makes Joe Biden's position in this country so egregious is that you are, your job is literally to make us look good, to, to show, exude power and exude intelligence and exude presidentialness. And Joe Biden doesn't check a single freaking box. He can't even stay awake. Can't even stay awake in an interview with another president. So Donald Trump does those things very well, but he does not unify our country in any way. And, and so I think there are, he divides it, he further divides it, and that's through divisive speech. And isn't it intentional, and he's explosive, and he's entertaining, and he's hilarious, and he's a great comic, and he's very powerful in his speech, and he's probably one of the best sales people in history. His speech patterns are amazing. His ability to, to just wittily push back on people and just demolish them in debates is un unbelievable. But we see people like Ron DeSantis just withering away into the wind. Now, I don't want Ron DeSantis. I don't think that Ron DeSantis is a tough enough opponent to go up against the Democratic Party, not Joe Biden, the Democratic Party, or Donald Trump. But I do think that in a reasonable variation of our reality, of this simulation, Vivek Gashwaswamy and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. are the most reasonable, most unifying candidates that we could have in the 2024 election. And I would love nothing more to see a more unified country at this point. I believe both of them are very presidential. They're very intelligent. They speak up against the institutions. The way that they have been unifying instead of dividing is incredible. And I think in a reasonable society, those two men would represent our country. I don't think it's going to happen, but to me, that would be ideal. So let me show you a little bit about Vivek. And this comes from first from CNN, which says, see contentious moment between protester and GOP presidential candidate. And it's Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy. All right. There's how you pronounce it. Sorry. Bye back. So here's the clip. And he's speaking at a, 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 some type of rally. It's in a small room, much larger than what Joe Biden was speaking to during his presidential election, where he got more votes in the history of man than any other candidate ever. But here we go. Let's watch it. So she says, I shouldn't have to carry a baby of somebody who raped me. Republicans are raping women. Donald Trump is a raper or whatever she just said about Donald Trump. That's what it sounded like to me. We can go back and listen to it to verify, but that's what happens. This lady comes in swinging haymakers and Vivek Ramaswamy completely disarms her 
And she said, respect all women. And Vivek goes, yes, respect all women. Come up here. Settle down. Let's talk about it. And just all class from Vivek. Let's go ahead and finish this out and listen to what he had to respond. Protect our women. And people are jumping up in front of her. Very contentious. Okay. So, again, don't agree with everything he says, including that statement. But I love how he disarmed her. I love how he said, yes, I agree with you. Protect all women. Right? And obviously what he said is how it is now. So it's not like he's changing legislation. It is state to state. They can determine that's what Roe v. Wade did. Which, there should be more power to the states. However, I think abortion, you know, the I've already done a whole episode on this, but abortion it falls in within the purview of the golden rule. If you wouldn't want it happening to you, you shouldn't allow it to happen on a national scale, which includes, I don't know, ending somebody's life. But my point is that all class from Vivek Ramaswamy. I just want to make sure I'm saying his name again. Vivek Ramaswamy. All right. <laughs> but all class, the way he disarmed her, the way he unified the room, the way they were clapping for her when they went out. I can't imagine how that would have went with Donald Trump. I can't imagine how that would have went in almost any singular other rally. But Vivek, just full of class, steps up and says, come up here, talk to us. It's the freedom of speech. I'm glad you did so. You're very brave. Like I said, all class. And here's his response to what he said there. Feedback. What a response. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. Look at that. Affirming, positive, complimenting him. Incredible. Again, positive. And she's a former Donald Trump voter. Wow. Wow. 37 years old. Extremely uh, intriguing candidate. And again, I think in a more sensible world, that's what we would be seeing from our presidential election. It was an RFK, Vivek Ramaswamy ticket. And I honestly support the idea of both of them running. I, I love the idea of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and the way that he's been speaking out about vaccines. I don't tend to agree with him on some of the topics, but I would love to see a laundry list of things of people uh, or of things that that the beliefs and the policies, because again, like I said, I believe I agree with Donald Trump on almost all of his policies. Vivek, as well as Robert F. Kennedy Jr., I'm not 100% on what their positions are on everything. So I would love to see a laundry list of them just checking boxes, which side they're on. But just the way that the president is now a figurehead, I believe these two people would be very well suited for it. And it's very encouraging to me that Vivek Ramaswamy is 37 years old, like only three years, two years past the age in which you need to be able to even run. He's a successful entrepreneur. From my understanding, I would be interested to see what where his family actually comes from and what they did and what type of money he came from. But overall, love the way he speaks, love the way that he affirms people, love the way that he was complimenting everybody, and the, love the way that he unified that room when that woman was shouting. Now, the last, the last thing that we're going to discuss today comes from a Silicon Valley biotech company. Actually, before we touch on that, let's touch on this. In Michigan, 
in Michigan, there was a, let me see, let me pull this article up for you. There was now 16 people indicted for some sort of election conspiracy. And let's go ahead and watch this. It says, Michigan Attorney General charges false electors over efforts to overturn the 2020 election. So allegedly what these guys did, or women, men and women, people of the world, since we can't say men and women anymore, allegedly what they did is they made fake electoral votes. They acted as if they were a part of the electoral college, and then they put these electoral votes up through, and now they've been found out, and so they're being called conspirators. And this is what it says. This is coming from NBC. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel announced Tuesday that she has filed charges against 16 people who signed paperwork falsely claiming that President Donald Trump had won the 2020 election as a part of a scheme to overturn the results. Presidents are technically voted in by states of slates of electors from each state who cast their votes for the candidates selected by their state's popular votes. In December 2020, as Donald Trump tried to overturn the results of the election, yeah, okay, his allies readied alternative slates of electors in several states. They appear to be the first charges filed against faked electors. The announcement came the same day Trump said he has been notified that he is the target of an investigation by a Washington-based grand jury examining January 6, 2021 riot and efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Maybe they should look at the other side for that. And we'll talk about that in just a second, especially in Michigan. The 16 people being charged in Michigan allegedly met in the basement of the state's Republican Party headquarters and signed multiple certificates claiming that they were the duly elected and qualified electors for president and vice president of the United States of America for the state of Michigan. Nassau said in the recording of remarks. That was a lie, she said. They, were, they weren't the duly elected and qualified electors, and each of the defendants knew it, she said. Some of the electors tried to deliver the false documents to the state Senate but were turned away. The documents were later sent to the U.S. Senate and the National Archives with the intent that Vice President Pence would overturn the results of the election using the fake, fake or false electoral slate. Nestle said that the fa false electors are being charged with eight felony counts, each including forgery, and could face up to 14 years in prison. The false electors' actions undermine the public's faith in the integrity of our elections and not only violated the spirit of the laws enshrining and defending our democracy, but we believe also plainly violated the laws by which we administer our elections in Michigan and peacefully, peaceably transfer power in America. So, now I don't agree if this is true that you should be able to do that. And if you tried to, maybe you should have some sort of legal action against you. Absolutely. But I also think that if we're going to charge people with crimes when it comes to the election, maybe we should charge the people who were boarding up the windows, who were the poll watchers, so that people from the the general public, the people who have to be underneath this president, the people who put their votes in for the electoral college, we're boarding up the windows. We're kicking out GOP Republicans from being able to actually watch and make sure that it was a fair election. Maybe you should go after those people. Maybe you should go after, I don't know, the 14 or 12, 10 people from the FBI who were trying to frame two measly people alongside the governor Whitmer in Michigan for kidnapping her all in an attempt to make her a viable ticket member for Joe Biden when he ran or will run again. Governor Whitmer's the worst. She's the worst. So maybe you should go after those people. Maybe you shouldn't be going after, you know, maybe you should go after these people. I don't know the background of this. I don't think that you should be able to do that. And that should obviously have some legal ramifications. But if you're going to do that, 
there was a lot of legal illegal stuff going on in Michigan, including all the people, you know, pulling up the curtains on their desks and pulling out boxes, including in Michigan, the big UPS freight looking truck that came in with boxes upon boxes of votes that were pushed in at like 2.30 in the morning. Maybe you should look at those people too, but they won't. All right, last up, we will now discuss a company out of Silicon Valley who is alleging that they will now be able to print babies out of nothing. You don't need an egg. You don't need a sperm. All you need is stem cells. You know, the things that people, you know, or blood culture and how much, let's look at it. This company is called Conception. They're a biotech company out of Silicon Valley, and their goal is to make it so that we no longer are useful in reproduction as humans. That's terrifying. And I'll tell you why in just a second. This is one of the most terrifying technologies that could happen. Absolutely. The most, if not one of the most, if not the most terrifying technologies that could happen. And not because of the technology itself, but because what the technology would allow people to do. So. Again, this company is called Conception. Their website is conception.bio. So you can check it out. And right on their website, as I'm showing you, it says turning stem cells into human eggs. It goes on to say that we want to help parents have kids and we aspire to make future generations healthier. We are working on a technology called in vitro gametogenesis that would give women the opportunity to have children well into their 40s and 50s, eliminate barriers for couples suffering from infertility, and potentially allow male-to-male couples to have biological children. Long-term, this technology could be a critical platform, allowing for widespread genetic screening of embryos. If proven safe, it could even eliminate and reduce the risk of devastating diseases for future generations, such as Alzheimer's, heart disease, and many different types of cancers. This could become one of the most important technologies ever created, they said. How about the most terrifying technology ever created? And let me tell you why I believe this is one of the worst things that could happen to humanity. The first reason being, if you can print babies at will, who do you think is funding this institution? Who do you think is funding this company? The same institutions, the same people, the same elites that are funding every other organization, right? They're not just pulling this money out of thin air and doing it out of the goodness of their heart. The people who will have access to this also have islands in international waters. And they will take this technology, they will put hundreds, if not thousands, if you've learned anything from The Sound of Freedom and all of the other things that have come out about child human trafficking and sex slavery, And without even getting that far into it, what does that do for the child, right? Like if there's, we don't know the implications of this. We don't know what will happen. We don't know 60 years from now, if there's going to be an arm growing out the top of the baby's head. We don't know how this works. We don't know what this is going to do to their nervous system. We don't know what this is going to do to their endocrine system. We don't know. So why would we do this? And why would we think that we could play God? It doesn't make any sense to me. So. Here's the biggest problem with this. You have all these elites who have islands in international waters, who don't answer to anybody, who have unlimited amounts of money and an appetite for children. So when you can print babies at will and those babies have no protectors behind them, the problem right now in the child sex trafficking industry and for these people who are gross and disgusting and have that appetite is that they have to go through the parents. 
They have to go through strong men. They have to go through unbelievably strong mothers who are protective and love their children. But when you disconnect them, there, there is a statistical difference in the outcomes of people who adopt children. So when we don't know what the effects of this are when the woman's body does not go through the go through the journey of becoming a mother. There is value in that. There is value in giving birth for a couple. There is a value in supporting each other and in, in watching this gateway of life open up and bring out the most important thing that you've ever had in your entire life. And this combination of you and your wife and your love. And so when you step on that and you eliminate both parents from having to do anything, including carry the child, taking away the one superpower that, that we and as humans and only women were given, we have no idea how that's going to turn out. We have no idea what happens when you remove the mother from having to go through this journey. We have no idea how it's going to turn out when the couple doesn't have to go through that growth experience together. We have no idea what's going to happen when the mother can't properly breastfeed her child without chemicals and pharmaceuticals and into her body in order for her to even feed that child, right? There's oxytocin. There's all of these things that are released, prolactin. And like, there's so many things that go on in a woman's body within this process that help her become a mother. It's not just that a baby comes into this world. It's that you went through a process to get there, right? And the couple goes through a process when you know, I've had with my wife, we had, she had two home births and I was a part of the process the whole way. The first birth we had was a, a C-section. And when I was, you know, 21, 22 years old in a hospital room, shoved into a corner until my baby was there acting like I didn't play any part in this, that affects you. When I would, when it was our home births, I was there every step of the way, pushing on her back, helping her, giving her water the entire time. It was just me and her. And then the midwife sat in the corner and watched made sure everything went smoothly. That was a journey, 16 hours, how, you know, that was a journey that we went through that was the most spiritual, most connecting, most uh, growing, the growth experience that we've ever had as a couple. And you're gonna completely eliminate that. Like, again, that's just one piece of it. That's the surface level. But when you keep getting deeper and deeper into this technology, it gets darker and darker. So when you can print babies at will, and you have elites with appetites for babies, and they have private islands where they can have thousands of these things, where they're now going to be allowed to print babies for whatever it is that they want to do with nobody there to protect them, nobody there with a, a protective role, they can do whatever they want. And also, you want to take it, in, uh, let's even take a step back. Let's not even go to the trafficking situation. Let's just talk about the government. When there's no mother and no father involved in the actual birth of it, who does that baby belong to? The government. Or even worse, yes, you took out a $45,000 loan and now you owe a company and you're in debt to them to have a child. Who owns that baby? Who? What's the collateral? Right? Like, when there is no mother and father involved, why wouldn't the government just print babies at will? And now they're docile citizens who have no rights, who have no parents there to protect them, that won't go out of the way, that won't put their bodies on the line. When you are a parent, you will sacrifice yourself and your life to protect that child. And if the government can print them at will, if Epstein Island could print babies at will, how terrible do you think this world would be? How dark do you think it gets? And again, that's just what I can think of off the top of my head. It's horrifying. It's terrible. I hope it doesn't happen. This was not the universe. This was not God's intention. This was not scientific intention. 
We are stepping into territory that we have no idea what the implications are. And we're doing it out of selfishness for profit, not for what anybody asked for. Nobody asked for this. So stay stay safe out there. Protect your children. Do it the right way. And have a great week. All right. So that's all I got for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Subscribe. Leave a five-star review. Head over to the Substack, austinadams.substack.com. And have a great week. Thank you.